Good morning. Would you please turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 22? Matthew chapter 22. We begin a brand new series on all of our campuses today called Adulting. And this is going to be one of the most practical teachings that I've ever done. Thus, I thought I'd just have a table here, going to be very, very practical. How many recognize that whenever the Word of God is open, there's some nuggets in there that if we will apply to our lives, will help us to live better when we leave the church. If you're with me, can you say amen? So we're going to be talking about something very, very important this morning regarding adulting. But listen to this. Adulting is defined as the practice of behaving in a way characteristic of a responsible adult, especially in the accomplishment of normal but necessary tasks. Is there anyone in the house? And don't raise your hand. But you just kind of wish sometimes in seasons of stress that you could hit the rewind button and go back and be 10 years old again. Maybe have, you know, the mulligan, you know, the the golf player, the mulligan, just to do over. Um, But listen, I believe with all of my heart that there are principles that I'm going to teach today that if we will apply, we can be successful adults in life in every single arena of life. Now, this is a sermon that uh, is going to preach to me just uh, a whole bunch. Is there anyone in the house, sometimes you just kind of get just a little bit too busy? Okay, just, just, well, just about all of us. Just a little bit too busy. I want to talk to you today about priorities in, 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 as it relates to adulting. It, it should be a priority of our lives to become mature, to become strong in the things of God, to become responsible. Here's a big one, to become stable. Have you ever known someone in life, maybe a friend, a family member, that they, they, they couldn't even spell the word stable? It seemed like they just always something would happen, and it could be something small and insignificant, but they They would just fall, and you'd be there to pick them back up. I I believe one of the marks of someone who's mature in Christ is that they are stable, and their life is making a difference. So, if you are here today, and you desire to be more mature, more responsible, more stable, so that God can use you in a powerful way to impact others, I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet all over the building, and I want to pray. And I know everyone will stand because all of us want to grow into who God has called us to be. I am opening the Bible. We are opening the Bible, the very Word of God that comes from the heart of God to our hearts today. When the Bible is open, the author is present. When the Bible is preached under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, lives are changed. Can somebody say good amen? Well, Father, we stand to our feet, and we ask that you would help us to grow in every arena of life, that we would grow in our maturation, we would grow in responsibility, we would grow in stability, we would grow in what you are doing in us and through us, Lord, in every area of life. So, Father, would you have your way today and challenge us through your word and the principles applied in Jesus' name. Can you shout a great big amen? You can be seated if you would. Um, in, in the, just before we get into Matthew chapter 22, the Bible says 
in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 13, the Apostle Paul writing, this will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith. And I, I read several words stand out. This will continue until we all. How many recognize it's not just talking about one person, it's talking about all of us until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son, listen closely, that we will be made mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of the Lord Jesus Christ. You can uh, settle it today. It is God's will for you to mature in the things of God, to go deeper in Scripture reading, to go deeper in prayer, to become more bold in your witness, to exercise your faith. Faith is like a muscle. The more you exercise it, the more you will see the miraculous happen in your life. So many people miss opportunity after opportunity because they refuse to flex their faith muscles and hear from God. A word from God is always bigger than you can accomplish on your own. It's always bigger than what a local church can accomplish. But when you start exercising and flexing your faith muscles, God moves in the miraculous. Can you say a great big amen? So I want to talk to you about maturing in Christ through the lens of, through the lens of priority today. And um, I, I shall never forget those words. I always thought I'd attend Aaron's funeral, not his wedding. But he, had, he was here when Aaron got saved. When Aaron was baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, when I pronounced him husband and wife, and he kissed his bride, I'm just trying to tell you, dreams come true. And don't you know that was a priority in his daddy's life and heart. Joe prayed for his family. And this is a church that is filled with people who you had a praying nana, a praying papa, a praying authority figure in your life that literally God used to rescue your life and place your feet on the rock, Christ Jesus. Can we just give the Lord a great big hand? Because how many know he still saves today and he still honors and answers prayer. But I want to talk to you today about priority. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 22, and we'll begin reading in verse 34. But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. So here's the Pharisees and the Sadducees who were the religious people of the day. It's interesting to try to stop the work of God and the work of the Messiah, the work of Jesus. Even enemies will come together in unity and try to stop the work of God. But how many recognize 10,000 devils cannot stop the work of the Lord Jesus Christ? Can somebody scream a good amen? But it's interesting, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they, they, they heard that they silenced the Sadducees, so they came together. Verse 35, then one of them, hey, let's choose the lawyer, asked him a question, testing him, testing him, and saying, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus starts teaching about priorities. And Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all, I love that, not just some, 
not half-hearted. The Bible says a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. You go back to the original language and it reads this way. A double-souled man is unstable in all of his ways. If you will serve the Lord with all of your life, because don't you know he gave us all of his life and he is worthy of all of our life. Can you say a good amen? So, so the Bible, Jesus starts teaching about priorities. Uh, the, the, the lawyer, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with your soul, and with all of your mind. And, and this is the first and greatest commandment. And he says in verse 39, and the second is like it. You shall love the Lord Excuse me, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophet. We we have a lot of uh, statements at Christian Faith Center. Uh, What what is our our motto of our church? We exist to help me out. One, two, three. Love. Love people to life. And we have another one that our promise is that we won't beat you up. We'll, we'll love you in. We'll, we'll love the hell out of you and hopefully heaven in in Jesus' name. Um, we also have one, worship him, reach them. And you can see that, worship him, reach them in this text. Let's read it one more time in verse 37. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. How many recognize that is worship him? And that is a lifestyle. Can I tell you that worship is not four or five songs that we sing on a Sunday morning? He does not want a weekly visitation. He wants a daily habitation. Somebody say a good amen. Worship is a lifestyle. Worship is how we speak to one another. Worship is what we say in private. It's a mark of maturation in Christ. I am growing in my walk with God. It affects how I walk, the decisions I I make, the priorities in my life, what I say about people, how I live before God. So that is worship in a lifestyle. And he said the, that's the first and the great commandment. And the second is life. So number one, worship him. Number two, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. So we see worship him and we see reach them. There are many of you here because of a lifestyle of worship and neighbors and co-workers and family members speaking life into you, praying for you, worshiping him and reaching you. And we are saved and filled with the spirit of God and developing into full-hearted believers in Christ. So number one, um, would you write this down? And by the way, if you're on our church app, we're doing something very, very new. Instead of just a couple of fill-in-the-blanks up on the stage, or up on the screens, rather, we literally have a full-blown sermon outline that's filled with the scriptures that we're preaching, which will enable you to take that everywhere you go. So if you are not on the church app, go ahead and take just a moment and get on there. If you've not yet downloaded it, download that bad boy in Jesus' name. So our priorities, let's talk about this, priorities. Our priorities determine our focus. Our priorities determine our focus. The Bible said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all of your mind. In life, whatever you prioritize becomes your focus. At this wedding, I met this guy by the name of Terry that I did yesterday, and he was just a member of the audience, and and, uh, he is the 
he's the uh, number, he, excuse me, let me get it right. He's a Spartan racer, and he is in the top 1% in the world. Top 1% Spartan racer. He's about this tall. He was covered head to toe in tattoos. He had a lot of really bad cuss words that were visible to, ring, to read, tattoos, and he had 0% body fat. I thought of my brother, Dwight Shue, the real Iron Man of our church. You know, I, I got some body fat here, 0% body fat. But do you know the Lord touched his heart in that wedding so- ceremony in such a powerful way? Last night, he sent me a friend request on Facebook, and I believe that Terry is watching right now. Can we put our hands together and say, Terry, we love you. God's got a great plan for your life. He, he, he really does. So whatever, listen, he's a top 1% in the world. Don't you know that's a priority in his life? And that's determined by his focus, by his focus. So having the wrong priorities in life, is there anyone, can I ask you a question? You can be vulnerable. God bless you. Is there anyone in the house that in a hurry to rush out of the house to go to work or an appointment that you're buttoning up your shirt and you get it off just by one buttonhole and, you know, it just messes up the whole thing? Uh, My pastor, Pastor Doyle Folks, he told me one day, and I probably shouldn't repeat this, I'll beg his forgiveness and take him out to lunch on the ministry network credit card that I have and uh, to make atonement for my sin that I'm sharing right now. But he said, you know, Pastor Monica, can I tell you funny? I'm going, please do. He said, I got up and I put my, my clothes on, my shoes, and I went to two really high, high power, important meetings. And he said, I, I walked home, I got home, turned, turned on the lights, and I looked down, and he said, I had two different shoes on my feet that day. <laughs> How many recognize that it is the light of the Word of God, the light of God, the light of the Holy Spirit that allows us to see so that our lives are in alignment and in order? Can you say amen? So, so our priorities are determined by our Focus a, pri- a priority is something that has first importance in our life. Um, a great story that I heard about a, a farmer. He, he ran a classified ad in the newspaper. And he said, farmer with 160 irrigated acres wants a marriage-minded woman with a tractor. <laughs> We're not done. And when you reply, please send a picture of the tractor. I mean, Stevie Wonder could see what his focus was and the priority. Yes, he was probably lonely, but he wanted a tractor. You see, what you prioritize becomes your focus. If our priority is work, then it becomes our focus. If our priority is our friends being popular, it becomes our focus. I'm a medal with somebody right now. If your priority is Facebook, social media, that's your focus. That's your priority. I don't know about you, but there's somebody in the house, I'm kind of preaching to me right now, that perhaps you need to put down Facebook and pick up the book a little bit more than you normally do. Somebody say good amen. So, so you, you, yeah, I love what Rick Warren, he said, I can tell you what you prioritize by looking at your checkbook. Now, I know the, you know the younger crowd, you've probably never even heard of a checkbook. My son has never owned a checkbook, and I'm going, son, are you serious? 
but I can share, if you share with me your checkbook, your end of the month, whatever it is, your bank statements, I can show you what you prioritize and where your focus is. How many recognize we want to grow in every area of life, but our number one priority, our number one focus should be in the Lord Jesus Christ himself and expanding and extending the kingdom of God. Can you shout a great big amen? Amen. Just a little teaching today. So priorities determine our focus. And the Lord, he said, our focus, our priority, number one, should be, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all of your mind. He must be our number one priority. And the priorities in our life determine our focus. Um, I, I was known as a moto pastor. I raced motocross for most of my life. Retired about maybe eight years ago, nine years ago. But it was interesting. Many, many times I'd be racing dirt bikes in a race, motocross, and, and uh, flying down straightaways, and there'd be a, a, a big dirt clod. And Mike Richardson, where, would you stand up, Mike? Would you do that? I, I was always real smooth. I was like the king of smooth. I, I usually won about 95% of my races, 40 expert class. Uh, Mike Richardson, he was like the king of, he either won, wrecked, or crashed. So, I mean, that, you know, but I was smooth. And, and, but but I, 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 several times racing, I would see a big dirt clod. And if I focused on that dirt clod, guess what I would hit? The dirt clod. Um, now I ride and race bicycles. And I was at my local bicycle store just last week. And uh, Cafferty's and Dennis, the owner there, he said, Pastor Monty, you're not going to believe what happened to me. And I, I said, well, Dennis, you know, you're crazy. You tell me what happened to you. Um, he races dirt bikes, bicycles, downhill, cross country, just crazy guy. He says, I was riding with a former pro motocrosser, Danny Smith, and we were up in the Boise area, and we're shredding. That's what it's called on a mountain bike, shredding. He said, we were shredding down this hill. And he said, I come to this place, and I said, oh, there's a tree. And he said, and these are his words to me, he said, I'm going to hit that tree. Guess what he did? He hit the tree. And there's a principle here, and I, I, I know some of you are going, that's just kind of corny. It is a principle. You will achieve what you focus on. You'll hit the priorities of your life. So, number one, we want to make sure that our focus, number one, is on the Lord Jesus Christ himself and the things of God. Because whatever you focus on becomes a priority. And whatever you focus on, you're going to eventually hit. That's why we teach our people. We teach you. How many people are married in the house? How many are happily married? Sir, put your hand back up back there. I see you. Uh, Listen, we we tell people, we we, we train people. Uh, Premarital counseling, Pastor Bueller does a lot of that. Never, ever, ever use the D word, divorce. Never use that because you start speaking that, you start focusing on that, and guess what? You're going to hit it. Kelly and I, we've been married for 30... Six? Five? 36 years, hopefully 37. Jesus, help me. But you know, and I'm being... The Lord here, we have never, ever used the D word, not once in 36 years. We've used the M word often, murder. (laughs) But um, your words have power. Your words 
will take you under or will build you up. So I'm just trying to tell you, make sure that the Lord, number one, is your priority. Number two, well, listen to what the Bible says in Psalm chapter 16, verse 8. I keep my eyes always on the Lord. Is there anyone else that may be wired like me? As long as your eyes are on the Lord, you know, you're, you're walking it, man. You're, you're living it. But it's the times and maybe prolonged seasons of weariness or stress or, 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 or you, even just a second. You, you, you take your eyes off of the Lord and you start looking at the problem or you start looking, listen, and, and you kind of slip or you kind of, it's just kind of like Peter. The boy was walking on water when his gaze was on the Lord. And when it's, it was only when he took his eyes off of the Lord and he saw the waves. We all have waves in our life. He witnessed the wind, the trials, the tribulations, the things that are trying to drown you, trying to rob you of the destiny that Jesus died for you. It was when his eyes were on the Lord, things were going great. The boy walked on water. But when he got his eyes off the Lord, he began to sink. Can I tell you the grace of God is so strong that even when we get our eyes off of him, he reaches down with his mighty right hand and he will take us and he will lift us up in Jesus' name. How many are grateful that Jesus, he still walks on water? Come on, can we just give him a great big hand? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I I, want to keep my eyes on the Lord. I want to make sure that the the life that I'm living is is leading right into his blessing, his goodness, his grace, his mercy, his abundance, and the destiny that he died for me to live out. Number two, would you write this down? Our priorities determine the order in our life. Our priorities determine the order in our life. Verse 37 and 38, I really want you to get this in your spirit. The Bible said, you shall love the Lord your God. And, and loving the Lord is, transcends just coming to church on a Sunday morning. It's every arena of our life. You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. This is the first and the great commandment. And then he says, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself, and very profound. He says in verse 40, on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophet. So he is giving us priorities in life, kind of a target to shoot at, if you will. And he says the greatest and number one commandment is to prioritize him, to keep him first. This is a constant theme throughout the whole of Scripture. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things shall be added to you. He doesn't say seek second. He says seek First, in Exodus chapter 20, verse 3, you shall have no other gods before me. It's interesting to note that Jesus was crucified between two thieves. There were three crosses on the hill called Calvary that day 2,000 years ago. He was crucified, not on the left, not on the right, but he was crucified in the middle. Why was that? Do you believe there was any accidents in the crucifixion of the Lord? I believe every single detail of the beating, of the accusation, of the betrayal, of the nails, of the whip, of the thorns, of the beating, of being spit in his face, I believe every single one of them is significant. And I believe the reason why the Lord was crucified in the center of two thieves is because the Lord... Lord desires to be central in our life. 
Not an add-on, but central in every area. I don't know about you. I don't want just a little dabble, do you? He gave me all of him, and he deserves all of me. The throne in heaven, this is a word for somebody, the throne in heaven is occupied. The Bible teaches that Jesus, he was crucified. He died on a cross. He was buried in a borrowed tomb. On the third day, he was raised from the dead. He ascended into the heavens, and he is seated at the right hand of God that he forever lives to make intercession for you. Aren't you grateful that the Lord is praying for you right now? That situation, that devil, that trial, that battle, that bill, the Lord himself is interceding for you. Can we just say thank you, Lord, and put our hands together? Lord, thank you for interceding for us. But I got a word from heaven from you, for you. The throne in heaven is occupied. The Lamb of God is seated on a throne in heaven. And he is desirous, a sign of maturing in Christ, he is desirous to be seated on the throne in your life. When Monty is on the throne of my life, it's not good. Thank you for not shouting amen there. But when Jesus is seated on the throne of my life, Man, that's where the fullness of God is. That's where the peace of God. You see, peace is not the absence of trials and troubles. Peace is the presence of God. And he wants to be central in your life. He wants to be the hub. Maybe one of those big uh, wagon wheel, uh, from wagon wheels of wheels. He wants to be the hub. And from the hub, your walk with the Lord, flow every single arena of your life. If you get that mixed up, you're not going to roll down the road. You will crash. You will fall. You will be unstable. And stability and peace, even in the eye of the storm, is a mark of true maturity in Christ. If you believe that to be true, can you say amen? So he gives us priorities here, and it all reflects stability. And I believe it's something like this. God first, yourself and family second, and others third. Pastor Bueller teaches that, uh, I don't know if he fully ascribes to what I just shared, but he has used that, that hub, that your walk with God, and from that hub flows every single arena of your life. Listen, if you get your priorities wrong, you will be unstable in life. But if you get your priorities right, you will have stability through the power of Almighty God. I believe that everyone is searching for balance. I don't know, it might be elusive, but I believe maybe a, a hallmark of balance is stability. And all of us have friends or family members, they're just, you know, lower than low, and then the next week they're higher than high, just kind of, they live lives like this. That's not maturation. That's somebody that's being fleshly, you know, and they're not growing. And God wants our life to look like a trajectory that goes like this. And sometimes what really scares me is new Christians, and they go just like this, and the next week, you know, they fall to pieces. As mature believers in Christ, let's focus on the trajectory that I, I, when I wake up, I, I'm, I'm going to know him more. I, I'm going to be a little further down the road. I don't know about you, but I wish I was a little further down the road than I am right now. Nobody say amen there. 
But my, 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 have I come a mighty long way. Now we can all say amen there. You may not be where you want to be, but let me tell you, baby, you are not who you used to be. God loves you, and he wants to build stability into your life. You know, you can be unstable by having unstable friends. The Bible says bad company corrupts good morals. If our young people are more concerned about the clothes that they wear and the friends that they keep that are pulling them down instead of building them up. I used to be a youth pastor about 100 years ago, and that's where I lost all of my hair being a youth pastor. But I would tell them, I can tell you your future by the books that you read and the friends that you hang out with. I don't know about you. I want to hang out with people who are friends who will build me up, who will look me in the face and and tell me the truth, not stab me in the back. So prioritize the people of, in your life. Prioritize your family. I, I, when, I, when I travel and speak to preachers, I tell them, never allow your ministry to become your mistress. Never sacrifice your children on the altar called ministry. Because how many recognize that is not the priority that God has for a pastor? I, t- I train all of our pastors, all of our leaders. Your number one mission field is not Oroville. It's not Caldwell. It's not Nampa. It's not Boise. It is under your own roof. Because if we get that wrong, how successful are we? Come on, can you say amen? Amen. Your number one mission field is under your own roof. Never allow your job Never allow your hobbies to become your mistress, to take the place of where you should be in God and loving on your family and reaching people for the glory of God. Number three, our priorities determine our personal health. Yeah, I'm going to go there. Our priorities determine our personal health. The, The Bible said you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind. This is the first and great commandment. The second is like this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Very interesting. As yourself. And the Bible goes on to say on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. It's very interesting that we are to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. Yet how many people... have a problem with who they are. Is there anyone else that you struggle with negative self-talk? Gosh, I'm stupid. I can't believe I did that again. Lord, I promise you I'd never. And if we're not careful, we start speaking negativity into our own lives, words that we should never even think, much less speak out. I've said things to myself that I would never say to any of you. You ever thought, you know, you know what, Lord? Maybe the enemy was right. Or maybe that authority figure was right that told me I'd never amount to anything. You start speaking stuff like that. Our words have power. The power of life, or the Bible says, or death. Make sure that you are loving yourself. I tell all of our pastors that I can't take care of you. The board, while our board is absolutely phenomenal, our board can't take care of you. There's only one person that can, that, that can take care of you, and that's you. We don't know the margins or the lack thereof that you have in your life. Friends, I'm just trying to tell you, there is nothing wrong with taking care of you and loving you and become healthier in every single arena of your life. I'm not done. I'm going somewhere with this. 
God has created you an original. He's given you the sparkle in your eye. He's given you that personality that you have. He's given you, he's gifted you with some of the most amazing gifts that have ever been given. Listen, God has created you an original. Don't you dare die a copy. Don't try to get the anointing and be somebody God's not called you to be. God gave them that mantle, and just like God's gave them a mantle, there's a mantle that God wants to place upon your life. And it might be similar to somebody else's mantle, but it is a mantle for you and you alone. It's okay to love yourself. It's okay to do that. Um, is there anyone? I saw Steve just a moment ago. I won't give you his last name. I don't want everyone to look at him, but Steve Dees. <laughs> Steve and I have a lot in common. Um, similar haircuts. But um, he's just a little further down the road. And I kind of live... Um, is there anyone you have a friend that you, you just kind of want to live vicariously through them and you do? Steve, Steve likes muscle cars. You know, I don't have a muscle car. I just got muscles. but uh, <laughs> and, and not many of them. But, man... I've driven this Corvette. Dude, I live vicariously through him. There's nothing wrong with having things. And there's everything wrong with allowing the things to have you. I believe one of the reasons why God has blessed Steve and Michelle and their family is because they're a blessing. You know, I'm probably never going to own a Corvette. Boy, I get to drive one whenever I want to. And then, dude, it's so, I'm so funny. To me, it's not about horsepower. It's all about fuel economy. So he's going, punch it. And I'm going, no, man, we're getting like 28 miles per gallon right now, Steve. Look at that. Punch it. Have you ever heard of a thing called the red line? Man, you get past the torque curve. You know, too many people live in the red line. Too many people live in the red line. No margins. Okay, I told you I was going to preach to me. You need margins in your life. And there have been people who have been talking to many of you and are concerned about your life because you have very little margin in your life. If you live a life with no margins, it's 100% full throttle every day, every day. You barely make it to time to the meeting. I mean, you're, you're just running to the car to get to church. I mean, you're tying your tie while you're driving. I've literally seen ladies putting mascara on while they're driving the car. And I'm going, oh, Lord, create margins in her life. She's going to cause an accident. God doesn't want us stretched, stressed out and stretched so thin margins, health. I told you I'm not done. I'm going to say this on behalf of your loved ones. If you are smoking, stop. Aren't you afraid of offending someone? I hope I offend someone so bad that they stop smoking. Your loved ones are praying. If you're eating horribly, start eating cleaner. Well, I'm addicted to the Twinkie. Dude, I used to be too. A Twinkie doesn't love you. The banana and the apple loves you. 
Start exercising. Uh, Some of my biggest heroes, man, I see pictures on Facebook and they're in the swimming pool at the rec center. You have no idea what that does to me. Start walking. Even if it's just half, half a block. How many in the house know half a block will turn into a mile? There's nothing wrong with prioritizing health in your life. Finally, I need to, I need to land this. By the way, Mark chapter 6, verse 31. Um, and Jesus said to them, now, now the disciples, they just cast out devils, healed people of various disease. They were fired up and excited. They run to the Lord and, Lord, this is what we've done. Devils were subject to us. And listen to what the Lord says. This is a word for somebody today. In Mark chapter 6, verse 31, and Jesus said to them, come aside by yourself to a deserted place, listen closely, and rest a while. He goes on to say, for there were many coming and going, and they did not even have time to eat. I mean, recognize, you don't have time to rest and eat. You're too busy. As a pastor, um, some of the most spiritual things that pastors can do, that we can do as Christians, is to rest. That's some of the most spiritual things that you can do. Because how many recognize the Lord does not want us to minister out of fumes, but out of an overflow of His Spirit that only comes by creating God margins in our lives. Even the Lord was often found up on a mountain praying. Finally, number four, and I'll land this with this. Our priorities determine our impact. They really do. You can be spread so thin. Listen closely. You can be good at so many things, you're great at nothing. And one of the misconceptions of a, a church, a large church, as a bigger peop, you know, church gets, a lot of people think, well, the more things we need to do. And that is so anti-Bible. Priorities. Focus. And the more you establish God priorities in your life, listen closely, the more impact you will have in the lives of those that you love. The worst thing that, do you know there are 15, let me think, 1,500 pastors a month resigning in the United States of America from moral, moral failures, burnout, and it will paralyze a body. If you love your family, if you love your God, You will take care of yourself. And the better you take care of yourself, listen closely, the more impact you will have. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 13, this will continue until we all come to the unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we may be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of the Lord Jesus Christ. I applaud how far you've come. I believe God applauds how far we have come as a church. But listen, we need to mature. We need to grow in the things of God in every arena of life. We need to prioritize Him. (laughs) And we need to reach them. Can you say amen? Would you close your eyes?